Hello and welcome to Talking Pictures, a podcast where we discuss the movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm your host David and joined with me as always my co-host Brian. Brian, how are you? David, what's the crack? How are you? I'm good. We're here today uh, once again to talk about movies. We're here to talk about um, a movie we saw last week by one of um, arguably the best directors of our time, Steven Spielberg, his new movie The Fablemans. I think arguably he is the best director of all time because this movie and his movie prior are both within the realm of genres that he has not yet really tackled before and he blew it out of the rocket ship. Yeah, he's really someone that kind of has, over the course of his career, from, you know, Jaws to the Fablemans, name a genre and he's done something in there, do you know, and to great effect, he's done it all really well. Like, I'm looking at his filmography here and you name a genre and there's a movie here for it and he's done it well. It's a success. And he's done multiple variations of war genres as well, both political and on the ground. Exactly, yeah. He's tackled kind of the same time period in different ways he's looked at like schindler's list and saving private ryan you know the world war ii era and then he's gone on even with indiana jones indiana jones all takes place in that time as well so you have the realistic down to earth gritty saving private ryan the dramatic schindler's list and then horror the jaws. horror jaw horror of jaws indiana jones you know the advent the, the big you know family adventure movie with nazis and then, yeah, exactly. Like, you have Jaws, horror. You've got Jurassic Park, Catch Me If You Can. He's gone sci-fi with Ready Player One, Minority Report, Close Encounters. And then back to the the dramas with, like, The Post and Bridge of Spies, Lincoln. It's he, his, his filmography is when was so the, varied. Yeah, w- yeah. When was the last bad movie he did? I don't know. I don't know if... have have. I'm talking bad. I'm not talking about movie. Ah, it was just all right so many people can say that about movies but to be honest on a scale of liking it to not liking it the majorities are liking it mm-hmm. there's uh, not yeah there's not really going to be a movie that's going to be you know oh that's a bad Steven Spielberg movie yeah they're all good in their own great. way yeah in their own way and as I mentioned like he did a, a musical last did not last, yeah 2021 mm-hmm. and he did a biopic on his life growing up not a straightforward biopic he dramatised a lot of it but mm-hmm. it's heavily inspired Paul Dano himself like I'm playing Steven Spielberg father you know so all in all we watched The Fablemans we heard it was good the trailers were nice it's nice to see a kid discover a passion in filmmaking and picture making set in that time period from the 50s to the 70s well not really the 70s but the 60s to the 70s whatever time period it was knowing that this is heavily inspired loosely based on spielberg discovering film it was very entertaining it was very enjoyable and a key thing for me is that was not the best part of the movie the best part was the family dynamics with his parents with his sisters and his uncle lovely played by seth rogan yeah, so it's it's a movie that follows him from childhood when he goes to see his first movie to kind of really ends when he goes, when he's off to college. So it's it spans a, a long time in his life. And I think it's a movie that, I don't know about you, but I felt like it was, it couldn't really be told until he has the perspective on it that he does. You know, when he's getting towards the end of his career that he can really look back and tackle it in a way. Because like, you know, this obviously is a, a spoiler 
podcast so it's, it, it's been out since november 22 come on yeah so uh, we uh, highly advise you to go see this movie but um yeah it, it does tackle a, like you said the family dynamics but it's still a strong it tackles a real difficult subject matter which is kind of seeing the family dia- dynamic um break apart and and how does he navigate that and to see his parents kind of not so much fall out of love but realize that for one way or another they're not best suited for each other and he kind of comes to discover that through his filmmaking that he might see something through a camera that not everyone would see with their eyes but he's able because he has the camera running all the time he's able to kind of see these moments and play them back again and and discover new things about them there is a rift uh, between his passion and his family there's a i suppose it is an excellent scene between judd hirsch and himself because judd hirsch is nominated for an oscar for that one scene Mm -hmm. but it highlights one's love of something that not everyone else is gonna get especially for that time period now it's everyone is a filmmaker Mm -hmm. you know the tiktoks and the whatnot yeah i see i think us film students Mm -hmm. found a little bit of ourselves in Bielberg's avatar, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that in agreement with yourself, this is the perfect time to showcase this movie to audiences because we all know Spielberg, because we all know his uh, filmography, even how he talks about film. Spielberg is second nature to, yeah. to everyone. When you say director, you, you think Spielberg. Yeah. Do you know it's... Other, yeah. yeah. He's probably going to be number one common commonly anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you can... And he, if not, he's <laughs> you're going to get to him pretty quick pretty when quick. you're thinking of directors. Yeah. He's just magic. He's done it all. He's not the most financially successful director. Not all of his movies are full of um, mysteries and twists like some other directors can be highlighted of. He's just a great storyteller and genre tackler and you mentioned to me after watching the movie of how he likes to direct his actors yeah i saw i saw a clip of him i think it was for film four that he was he said that when he's on set he never comes to set with a shot list he'll just arrive maybe an hour before or the morning of or even the night before and just walk around the set and just kind of get a feel for it and think okay this maybe shot from over there maybe shot from over here but he leaves a lot of the actual camera work up to his cinematographers and cameramen but he focuses more on the the actors their performance and the way that they interact with one another and um, it's it's crazy that you know it, it's such such a finely tuned machine to make a movie but yet one of the most prolific directors says oh yeah i don't really worry about the camera which is how we're all viewing it you know and it's it's those poor ad's those i poor, know those yeah <laughs> never going in with a shot list anything i even saw a little bit of myself when he went for the interview with John Ford, who was played by David Lynch, because you're nervous as fuck and you're sweating like hell and you're thinking, well, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? I'm no good at this. I'm I'm not worthy of this. And I love the few things um, he has him do, such as look at the paintings and pictures and, look what's in the picture look at the horizon and if the horizon is in the middle it's boring as shit and get the fuck out of my office and like why would you do this make pictures they'll tear you apart and i can actually agree the stress level is fucking through the roof 
and I'm just talking from Ireland perspective mm-hmm. so yeah I can totally agree I would like to still be in the film industry not in the stress department mm-hmm. or the heavy pressure department but that scene like you're saying there it was good good to see like you know Someone that we would look up to, that if we were in his situation and going into his office, mm-hmm. that he was like that with someone else. Do you yeah. know, it, it's a cycle. That even even the the gentleman before that, in his, I think he was um, a production manager. He uh, somewhat of a an office guy. The fact, yeah, I remember when I was starting, that was like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if this works out, we get you next shot. It, that barely scratches the surface of what working in film and TV looks like. You work based on how good you do on your last job. What have you done for me recently? Type mm-hmm. of attitude. And you'll be kept. I hate that saying. You'll be kept. <laughs> like, if you know, if you do a good job, it's like, mm-hmm. fuck. You, even though you know you'll get a new, another job, you'll be asked to come into work, you'll be asked to be hired again. There's still that thought, oh, where am I going to go next? But it's a freelance industry, essentially. Unless you're on contract for a certain duration, great, you got a bit of work. I'm talk, I'm, I'm talking beyond the movie here uh, in terms of what picture-making looks like in the real world, whereas I like what Spielberg has his so-called avatar doing this movie and discover his love, learning it himself, and experiment with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we should all do if we aspire to be somewhat filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And our friends do the same. We all love to chat about it. So we do identify a lot of that in ourselves. And to note, I like that he got David Lynch to play John Ford because David Lynch comes from a background of in regards to his films as surreal. His movies emphasize surrealism to a obvious display to an uncomfortable display mm-hmm. and the fact that he has that theme surrounded by this real life man David Lynch he has him step into his biography to play Don Ford mm-hmm. um, it's the whole that whole aspect uh, I think that's why he brought him into because think about it, David Lynch he's a director he's not an actor is he an actor as far as I know he's not but he has him come in and like thought, well, how great would it have been? I would have loved to see Steven Spielberg direct David Lynch. Yeah. Like, what would that would have been like? Would David Lynch, would he be like, yeah, okay, or would he be... <laughs> That's would he not be, how I would have done it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy. But I like how he, like, for example, why you have me puff the cigar like 10 times waiting for it, you know? Like, that, would he have done the same? Like, I, I want to see the behind-the-scenes of that scene specifically mm-hmm. but more than anything else mm-hmm. but yeah um, other than that like I said the family dynamic really hit home for me and I thought Paul Dano was great I thought he was worthy of an Oscar nom he did not get uh, Michelle Williams was great and Seth Rogen was, was really good and I mean look it's not top 10 for me in terms of movie of the year 22 or 23 I'm sure but look Jaws is my favourite Spielberg movie The Last Crusade aside but this does rank in the higher top 10 uh, Spielberg movies I think Um, out of his recent movies I think I enjoyed it more than West Side Story I enjoyed it more than The Post I enjoyed it more than 
Ready Player One. I'm not going to go all the way too far back mm-hmm. to like Lincoln because. Well, that's the thing is that the you know every other Steven Spielberg movie we've had, we've had it for years. Yeah. But this one we've had for two weeks. You know, since we've seen it, we saw it last week, so we've had it for a week. So it's hard to place it, I suppose, in the his entire filmography. So the longer we sit with it, I think that it will. You know, I think that he. It's obviously not, but that would have been a good career ender. Wouldn't it? Do you know if you're making your last film be about your journey through the, f- the, f- the film industry or your beginnings. You end with your beginnings. I think that would have been a, a great especially, cap off, do you know? Especially with the final shot where yeah. he purposely shifts the camera up a little higher horizon. Yeah. <laughs> they mentioned in the same scene previously um, how the horizon at the top of the shot, the horizon at the bottom of the shot, it's great. Horizon in the middle, it's shit. And then they end, the last shot is him walking through the studio lot. And where's the horizon? Right in the middle. And then they adjust the shot, like shaky camera, like obviously like, oh, you know, like yeah. someone forgot. Oh, oh, just you, remember that lesson. It's like you can feel someone loosen the handle of the, <laughs> of the sticks. And they, oh. Yeah. And there's little bits like that, like peppered through the movie, I think as well, which were good. Like there was the scene with the, the bully at the, at the at prom. Oh my God, Where he says, that. yeah, that's the thing. It's, this movie encapsulates such a, a long period of time. It's hard to talk about everything in the short amount of time we have. But there was the one line specifically with the bully who's crying he's watched a uh, a, a film that that um, makes him look like a hero makes him look like a hero he yeah was uh, a dick to him but not the worst dick mm-hmm. but he says you know don't don't tell anyone about this and and steven spielberg's character you know what's his name greg fableman or i can't remember his exact name but um he says um unless we make a movie of it Oh, Sammy. It was Sammy, yeah. Um, sorry. So, um, yeah, he says, you know, oh, I won't tell anyone about this, you know, unless I make a movie about this. And you're just like, you know, there was one guy in the theater with us that, like, audibly laughed out loud. And it took you, me a minute to, oh, yeah. Yeah. You kind of forget that, oh, this, you know, Sammy is the surrogate for, for Steven. So, um, there was those little moments peppered through. I would have preferred, I think, maybe a few more of those little I didn't, for audiences that know, like, oh, this one's for you, but but still. I didn't mind it. I thought, I, I was happy with the level of um, storytelling and Easter egg mm-hmm. uh, hiding. It, it worked perfectly for me. I, if there's anything I didn't like, and it's not that I didn't like it, I'm, I was fine with it, but sure, what's a bit of drama? Maybe it was too long. Or I would have liked a bit more of the family dynamic. You know, I can talk about it all day, but it was all very good. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I even liked the, that little bit where he was a child. He's filming themselves in the family, in the car, moving to... Yeah. Where was it? California. He starts off with his sister, moves into the middle uh, child, and then you can see the parents in the background driving and then you turn over to the far side and you see oh so they brought Seth Rogen with them <laughs> yeah, Uncle Benny's with them so yeah you're right there's you can definitely see his progression as a filmmaker to write the film and it's it's a hard as I said it's hard to cover everything that happened like because there's the, there's so the whole move and, and there's so much that going on in the movie it's uh, I highly recommend it you know it's a Steven Spielberg movie go see it it's a very <laughs> it's a very fine Spielberg movie yeah I'd say if I did have one criticism though, um, and uh, it would have been the the actual bullies in the um, school. It was kind of they they were kind of played a little bit hammy. 
like a little bit exaggerated like oh give me your lunch money do you know like it was a little bit but then again that's but I like that you brought that up because I do agree with you however in the 60s maybe that's what bullies were like yeah in (laughs) the 1960s America were bullies like that bullies Mm -hmm. weren't like that here with us in the naughties and the early teens in Ireland and they still had the other bully who was more of a savage the more uh, the brutal one mm-hmm. always take taken into the shit and like you know he doesn't get the redemption he gets you know the the defeat at the end the yeah. humiliation whereas the other bully the more bigger one the more the one who would be more likely to become friends with him who Spielberg does be at the end mm-hmm. and it was all very good I also did like that he still shoots on film and he still makes the atmosphere feel like it was shot in the time period. Yeah. Late 50s, early 60s, mid 60s. It felt consistent. Even in terms of how the characters look. Their faces. Like, you have a face that looks like you were born 60 years ago. Yeah, definitely. You're you're right there. He can create a world and just the way that he populates it is Mm -hmm. you fully believe I am there, you know, no even, matter what. Even the acting of the characters' faces, beyond how their hair look. I think that's it. I think we can wrap it there. I think um, I think we can wrap it there. Thank you so much for joining us um, on this this episode of the Talking Pictures podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, Talking Pictures Pod. It mean a lot if you could uh, give this five stars. If you could leave a little review, um, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us out. It costs you nothing. And it helps us out. So, um, yeah, leave a, a small comment or a review. Five stars if you can. Um, we'd really appreciate it. We'll take six if you can. If you, if you find out a way to put six or seven stars on it, throw as many stars as you can at us. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, David.